Hello everybody, it's Melissa. I'm back and the thing that I want to talk about today is disordered eating and all of the lovely triggers that are coming up for me lately. This is a vulnerable topic for me, so it's not something that's easy to talk about, but I feel like it's important to talk about. I did an episode about this a while back about my disordered eating and emetophobia. So if you haven't listened to that one, go back. I feel like I gave a pretty good um, history on like how my disordered eating started. So if you're curious about that, I'm pretty sure I talked about that in that episode. So, um, but okay, so here we are with the holidays approaching. I've had a bunch of stuff going on lately. Um, so I've been really busy and I'm also taking a class that is a nutrition class that's required. It's a prerequisite for my degree that I'm getting. All of these things paired together are really sort of throwing me for a loop and I'm finding myself becoming very tempted to get back into old patterns and it's very stressful it's causing me a lot of a lot of stress and anxiety sorry if you can hear my dog barking uh my dogs are not used to living in the city they're used to living in the country so uh you know out in the country it's really quiet outside and since we moved to the city every single noise i mean they just start barking at like a car door slamming or someone walking by who's talking loudly or a loud vehicle going by it's just like god relax would you guys relax would you stop barking at everything but i'm sure they'll eventually get used to it it's just new for them but either way it's annoying right now because they're just like bark 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 uh anyway and it's loud for my autistic ears (laughs) need to wear my earbuds all the time. Uh, Anyway, okay, I digress. Sorry, tangents. You know, I know you all come for the tangents. It's just an inevitable part of this podcast. If you've been listening for a while, you know that. Uh, So anyway, disordered eating. So the the nutrition class I'm taking is the biggest issue right now. It's... um, it's been very triggering. This whole entire semester has been triggering. Uh, I've just been white knuckling it through these chapters that are talking about like the appropriate amount of carbohydrates and fats and uh, protein that you should be eating. And, you know, this diet is more healthy than this diet and this food is more healthy than this food and da 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 da. But now we're getting into the section where it's talking about um, weight management body mass, um, calories in versus calories out, how to prevent weight gain, how to promote weight loss, all of this stuff. And uh, we have an upcoming assignment that is called the diet analysis. And it's a personal diet analysis. So we have to, for this project, we have to track 
everything we're consuming for three days and input all of our info into a program uh, online that at the end of it all will sort of like spit out a bunch of statistics uh, as far as like our caloric intake and based on our body size and age and all these other factors like activity level all that um if we're consuming too many or too little or just the right amount of calories and what our macronutrients look like and micronutrients and our vitamins and blah 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 all that um and then we have to write a three-page paper on those results and sort of analyze our own dietary patterns and what we're lacking what we could be doing better uh you know things that maybe we need to alter about our diet and it's also an activity log so you have to log your activity as well um and holy crap how triggering of an assignment is this for someone with food issues for a history of disordered eating it's just and it's funny because in this last section that we were studying there was a section about disordered eating and she even had us watch a video on disordered eating. But then right coming up next is this project and I'm like, I feel like there's an obvious <laughs> flaw in this class of like, I don't know, you would just think that the teacher would think about the fact that with all of the students, there might be people in this class that have problems with food and that maybe shouldn't be tracking and and doing stuff like that. I don't know. It's just, it's very weird to me that, I don't know. It's just, yeah, I don't know. So I'm sorry. It's, it's late in the evening right now and I've had like an entire day. Uh, so I feel like my words maybe aren't coming out as uh, articulately as they could be right now, but I'm sorry. It's been, it's been a long day and I'm very tired and whatever, but I really just wanted to get on and and process this because it's stressing me out. So anyway, the diet analysis project is due around Thanksgiving time, which is also like the holidays are a super triggering time for people with food issues. I know for me personally, I tend to get really obsessy about um, the types and amounts of foods I'm consuming. Uh, I am a restrictor. <sighs> or I I want to be. I strive to be a restrictor, but I don't I'm not good at restricting because I really love food. <laughs> but then when I can't make myself restrict food when I feel like I need to restrict food for one reason or another, then I get really stressed out and anxious because I haven't been eating good, quote unquote, eating good or eating right or whatever. Um, It's very messy. It's very, very messy place inside of my head. And if you have disordered eating or if you struggle with an eating disorder, I'm sure you're relating to this a lot right now. And even though it's vulnerable and hard to talk about, I know that... um, Autism is often, it's, there's a high rate of co-occurrence with eating disorders. So it is an important thing to talk about. So, you know, I'm just, 
I'm sure there are many, many of you out there who relate. So me saying that is me reassuring myself that this is a safe place to talk about this because it's hard. It's really hard. It feels like a weakness. It feels like a portion of my life that I have a lack of control over or a lack of self-control rather. Um, and that's hard. That's really hard. And, um, you know, it's funny because we always judge ourselves so harshly. I never look at someone else who has disordered eating or an eating disorder and be like, oh my gosh, they have no self-control. It's never that. It's always just towards ourselves, it seems like. You know what I mean? It's very weird, but so judgmental of of myself. But um, yeah, so holidays are coming up. That's another thing that's very triggering to this sort of thing. And, you know, also I've just been really, really busy in general uh, with the move and everything and school on top of it. And it's just been a lot. And I haven't really had a lot of time uh, to work out as much as I regularly do. And also, you know, when you're busy, sometimes your food choices aren't the greatest. Like, I know I haven't been eating the same as I usually do. There have been a lot of times where I've had to like grab food and I try and grab like healthy options and stuff like that, but it's just sometimes it's just whatever you can grab to eat to, you know, make your hunger go away. So like you don't have time. Uh, so, you know, this nutrition class that I'm taking, this diet analysis project that I have to do, uh, plus the holidays coming up, which is like all geared towards food, 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 Thanksgiving and Christmas are just like food, right? There's food, food, food everywhere. Cookies, candy, cakes, you know, everyone's having potlucks, which I don't do that gross. I did an episode about on the last episode when I talked about emetophobia, I'm like, Oh my, I can't do potlucks. Um, but all of these Things and then I've just been busy and I haven't been in my same routines and I haven't been working out like I usually do. Blah, blah, blah. So all of these things paired together are really like, it just feels like a uh, recipe for disaster for me backsliding into old habits. And the funny thing about it is though, or I guess it's not, it's not haha funny, but like the, the weird thing about it, I guess I should say is that, um, With something like this, whether it be an issue with food or some other sort of um, addiction or addictive behavior, um, it's like you, you're resistant to it, like you really don't want to do it, but at the same time, you really do want to do it. And that's how I feel right now. It's like, I don't want to get back into those patterns because I really was miserable when I was weighing and measuring all my food, like not at first, but it got to the point after a while when I started getting really, really obsessed and perfectionist about it, where I was miserable. Like I couldn't just allow myself to enjoy food anymore. I looked at it only as like, okay, how much protein and how many carbs and how many fats does this have? Let me weigh it out. Let me measure it. Let me input it in my fitness pal. Let me see how this is going to affect me. How much calories have I had today? How many things do I have left? It just became a chronic, obsessive process 
that was not healthy. It started restricting me from enjoying my life or being able to enjoy food that was outside the realm of what I considered okay. And it wasn't good. It wasn't good. It wasn't healthy. Um, but there are some times where I'm really, really tempted to go back to doing it because you know, there were certain rewards that went with living that way with working out all the time and being so strict on my diet. It does, it changes your body. And I liked, I was really happy with how my body looked at that phase when I was doing all of that. And, um, this is why people who, a lot of people who are in the, the bodybuilding industry, as like competitive bodybuilders um, or, you know, in in the fitness realm in a professional way in general, uh, but specifically in arenas where you're really judged on your appearance and like you are manipulating your body with food and exercise to look a certain way, uh, a lot of people develop these very unhealthy relationships with food uh, in those realms uh, just because you do see what it can do for your body aesthetically. It's just, and that, then that can become the standard by which you measure everything from that point on. Um, and it can just be really dangerous because you, you know, sometimes you can't maintain something like that permanently. You can't maintain a lifestyle and physique like that permanently. And, you know, these are all the things that, I tell myself and, you know, I'm constantly self-talking because you have to, because food is around, you have to eat to survive. I have to eat three meals a day and I have to eat snacks and I have to, you know, you have to fuel your body and every choice, every time I have to make a choice about food, it's this ongoing discussion in my mind about like, is this a good thing to eat? Is this a not good thing to eat? And then I'm like, oh, I shouldn't be labeling foods as good and bad. I'm not supposed to do that. But then in my mind, I'm like, yeah, but there are certain things that are good and are bad. I can't, you know, just exist on this, on pizza. Like I have to eat vegetables. And it's just like this chronic back and forth in my own mind, just trying to figure out, you know, what I should and shouldn't eat. This is why same foods come in real handy for me too, because, uh, because I can just kind of set up what I'm going to be eating every day and just it's it's part of my routine, yes, and that's a comforting part of same foods, but also it really can help with this disordered eating for me at least because part of the part of the problem for me is figuring out what I'm going to eat because then I get an argument get in an argument with myself about like what is appropriate for me to be eating right now. And I try and, you know, I'll sit there and just be super indecisive because I'm like, okay, what did I have for breakfast and lunch? You know, what do I still need? You know, it's just like a weird, it's a weird balancing act that I do in my mind where it's like, okay, did I eat this? Then I probably should eat this for dinner. It's just like a weird uh, thing that I do. It's, it's, it's annoying. I annoy myself by doing it, but I cannot make my brain stop doing it. I don't know how, if anyone has, 
any idea how to make myself stop doing this aside from therapy, which I'm doing, uh, let me know. But, um, disordered eating, man, it's, it's rough. It is rough. And I'm just, I'm really, I'm, I'm hanging on by a thread, but I'm still, I'm hanging on you guys. I'm, this project that I have to do, I could maybe approach my teacher and be like, hey, is there a way we could modify this project? Um, I don't know how we would modify it, but I can't be the first person who's taken this class who struggled with this. And you'd think she would understand, but then also there's the part of me that doesn't want to try and modify anything because there's the part of me that's like this project is giving me permission to do this thing that I don't want to do but I also really want to do um I've never had a I don't feel like I've ever had a true addiction outside of this, I do feel like this is an addiction, but I'm, I'm, it makes me understand how people with other types of addition, addition, (laughs) addiction feel and like what they go through, because it's hard to empathize with that when you have never been through it, where you're just like, why don't you just stop doing the thing? Like, you know, it's bad for you. It's destroying your life. Why don't you just stop doing the thing? But this helps me understand because Yeah, rationally, in your rational brain, you know the thing that you are wanting to do so bad is not good for you. And there are consequences that are harmful. But the other part of you, that the addicted part of you, is like, oh, but it feels so good when we do this. And we get this out of it, and we get that out of it. And it helps our anxiety go away. And you know, here are the good parts of doing that thing. And it's all, it's just like the two parts of your brain arguing with each other. But it's so hard. It's so hard to resist. And it's so hard to kind of like talk openly about it. And that's one of the reasons why it feels hard to talk about because then you're accountable, right? Like if I could easily have forever hidden the fact that I have a problem with this. Because a lot of people in fitness, um, you know, who are really into fitness, they do these things. They weigh and measure their food. They track their macronutrients. They track their calories. They have a certain set workout routine. Like, that was me for a long time. And I, I could have just kept going on like that and never, ever, ever admitted I had a problem with it. And no one would be the wiser. And I could keep on doing it without accountability talking about it makes it hard like it adds a layer because now I'm accountable now people around me I know that if I'm doing the thing they're going to be able to call me out on it and potentially want to force me to stop and that's scary because now I feel like so this is the addiction side of my brain talking now I feel like even if I want to go back to doing that thing, I can't. Because now people know that I do that thing and they're not going to let me. 
And that's scary. That's like a terrifying thought because it's then the thing that gives me control, I no longer have lack or I, I have a lack of control now on whether or not I can even do the thing that gives me control, if that makes any sense at all. Like it's a very strange place to be. Um, but I am glad that I am open about it and that I have come out about it and people in my life know, very few people actually in my life know about this. Um, yeah, actually, you know what, to be honest, I think Gray, my partner Gray is the only one who really, really knows, like, about my struggle with this and yeah huh so I guess I haven't been super open about it but I'm being open with you guys uh yeah I'm just trying to think like if there's anyone else in my life who I've really told this about I I feel like I may have mentioned it to people in passing like how I sort of um got a little bit you know too much into the fitness side of things or too much into the nutrition side of my fitness journey and maybe it like messed with me a little bit but like I don't think I've gone in depth about talking about it with anyone really except Gray um and Gray understands Gray has their own issues with food um that's a thing that we have in common there's is different from mine I really want to do an episode with Gray um about this type of thing because they have a very different take on it and we're sort of opposites and I feel like it could be a really good discussion between the two of us and that is an episode that's planned for the future. Um also I know Gray was going to come back on and talk about religion too, autism and religion and we're still doing that. Don't worry. Anyone who was kind of looking forward to that episode, it's coming. It's just been you know, as you know, I keep saying it. It's like things have been really busy. Uh and uh yeah so anyway that was a a little digression for you um but yeah it's hard it's hard this is just like um sort of a it's just a daily struggle for me so it gets it gets really hard after a while and then the intensity of it lately has been a little more amplified just because of everything that's going on that I mentioned. And, um, yeah, it's just, I'm just, I'm hanging in there. I'm, I'm trying, I'm wondering if maybe I should, um, if I should seek a therapist who kind of specializes in this sort of thing. I'm still seeing my therapist who I've been seeing for the past, um, year or so, uh, I really like her. We have talked about this issue before um, a couple of sessions, but we've never really continually talked about it or, you know, she doesn't specialize in disordered eating or eating disorders. So um, it's been more of just like me sort of just processing and stuff like that. But I, I wonder if, um, you know, getting more help in this area from someone who specializes would be helpful. Um, the thought of doing that is, is very scary to me. Uh, I think just mainly because for one, I always sort of tell myself that I don't really have that much of a problem with this, that there are people, you know, there's always a comparison thing where you're like, well, I'm not starving myself and I'm not 
you know, binging and purging. Like I'm not doing all of these extreme things that, you know, when we think of eating disorders, that's what we think of. Right. And we think of, you know, seeing someone who's obviously like who weighs 75 pounds and, you know, it's like, but that's not what eating disorders always look like. Um, you know, there's a broad, broad spectrum of disordered eating and eating disorders and, um, you know, me struggling with this on a day-to-day basis, you know, that might be good enough reason to seek help. You know, you don't have to be on the extreme end of, of the thing to be really, really struggling with the thing and need help with it. So I have to remind myself of that, but I do wonder, you know, if that would be helpful for me. It's also scary again, because of the whole, like, I don't want anyone to make me quit or to hold me accountable, you know, I don't want to have to permanently say I'm never going to do this thing again. It's scary. And, you know, I think relating it back to other types of addiction, this really rings true for a lot of people, I'm sure, of like, this, this thing that I love, but I also hate. Sorry, my dog's barking. Um... They must have heard a teeny tiny noise outside. <laughs> These dogs of mine. They're for sure it's an intruder or someone coming to murder us. They're good protectors though. I'm so sorry. Barking, barking, barking in the background. Um, but anyway, the, the thing that's good for you or the thing that's bad for you but also brings you some sort of comfort or some sort of reward, even if it's not a healthy reward. Um, it's hard to think about letting that thing go permanently, you know, and never being able to do it again. It's just a very, it's scary. So I don't know if anyone out there has the same issue as I do. If you, if you do and you have sought more formal treatment for it, I would be very interested to hear how that went for you and what it was like and how you're doing now. So if you are a person out there who has the same sort of issue, uh, reach out to me if you, if you want and let me know where, where you're at with it. It might make me feel better to hear a story of an actual person who, uh, has dealt with this and who has gone through treatment for it. And, uh, yeah, because I'm kind of, I'm just, I'm kind of over it. I'm kind of tired of living this way and stressing out a lot over how much I can eat, how much I am supposed to be eating according to how much activity I did that day. And if I don't work out for a few days, I get super stressed out and I start trying to like micromanage what I'm eating because I haven't been working out. And it's just like a, there's so many other things I'd rather be thinking about and putting my effort and energy towards than this. And also, I don't know how to not get obsessive. Like I, because I do want to be a person who exercises and eats healthy because that's good for my body. But I don't know how to do that without going too far. It's just so hard. So... 
I don't know. It's just, it's my tendency to, when I, when I do something, I get, when I'm, it's something like this, I get very wrapped up perfectionist about it. And, uh, and it'll become very intense. I suspect that's the autism. (laughs) You know, it's, it's very hard to do something partially when it's something that you're interested in or that your brain has latched onto. It's hard to not obsess and hyper-focus and try and get it perfect. Um, anyway, gosh. All right. So it's getting late. I got to sort of start wrapping up my day. I don't record in the evening very often, but, uh, this just felt like relevant and I was thinking about this all day because I'm just kind of dreading this project that's coming up and I'm wondering how it's going to affect me and me putting this out there again it's scary because it it makes me accountable for my actions but that's good that's a good thing accountability is a good thing right so anyway I've been yammering on for almost 30 minutes so I will let you guys go Thank you for listening to me rant and rave about my problems. And I really appreciate this community and all of you guys who are listening. And if you want to join our Patreon community, uh, you can do that. It's $5 a month. We have a cool little community of people on Discord who are always on there sort of chatting about all things related to neurodivergence and just other life stuff in general. It's a really great group of people. Um, We're all becoming just, I don't know, I'm just so grateful for everyone in that group and all of you guys too. Um, But it really helps, you know, the Discord group really helps me not feel so alone because we're always kind of in there just like chatting about our things and it's just good to have some some neurodivergent folks that I can that I can chat with on a regular basis so um, that's on the Patreon also the Patreons are going to start getting uh, two bonus episodes a month starting this month so that's another perk for the Patreon if you want to join that or look into it the link is going to be in the show notes as well as the link to my Instagram account and uh, my email if you want to reach out to me and yeah, I think that's it. Uh-oh, I'm going to yawn. That's my cue. That's my cue that I got to get going. I hope you guys are having a fantastic day or evening or afternoon or morning. Whatever time it is, I hope you're having a great one. And I'm going to end this awkwardly as usual. And uh, I'll talk to you guys next time. Okay, bye.